Hello and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm joined today by Michelle Francis, our mission network manager. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you very much. You're a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) So what exactly is the mission network manager? Because I think your job is really cool, but can you just tell our listeners what you actually do? I think my job is really cool, too. Um, (laughs) I... I didn't really know. I knew I was working for a pro-life apostolate to my surprise when I um, realized what I would be doing, which is the greatest job, I think, is I spend my days um, talking to our missionaries around the world. Um, They're the people who are on the front lines. Um, They're fighting the good fight, and I am able to work with them, work for them, guide them, um, and and essentially make sure they have what they need. to spread the gospel of life. And, and it's always inspiring and they're all smarter than me and stronger than me and holier than me. So, um, hopefully I can grow with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm very blessed. Yeah. It's so cool that you get to have those individual conversations with different affiliates and find out what's going on around the world. Like I get a tiny little bit of that, seeing the stories that you send us. And that's so cool that you get those personal relationships with all of them and getting to know them. Yes, I do. It's, it is amazing because I realized how much I didn't know coming in, how much I didn't understand of what is going on around the world um, and how incredible all these cultures are. Yeah. And, and, and to see the the work they're doing to even to see their landscape when they send me certain photos and, um, and kind of get a taste of their culture mm-hmm. um, through them, through their stories, through the conversations. And, um, I just feel like my brain has just kind of exploded and my heart has been stretched to love all so much more than I did before I came to July. Yeah. And it's remarkable. It's really funny because when I had Lou on the podcast to talk about Uganda's um, anti-homosexuality bill, Mm -hmm. he said the exact same thing where he was like, I didn't know that much about HLI before I started. Like I knew it was Catholic. I knew it was pro-life. And I was in the same boat. I was like, oh, it's a Catholic pro-life organization. Right. And it's been so cool to work here and hear the different stories and find out all the different challenges that are being faced around the world, but also all the wins and all the hope. And the hope is really one of the big things we're talking about today because we had that exciting story get picked up by the Babylon Bee live action um, about the Natola Secondary School. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Natola? Okay. Natola Secondary School. And can you just tell the story to our listeners? They might have read it in other places. What actually happened there? What did what did the school kids do when Planned Parenthood showed up? <laughs> so in Malawi, yes. um, we have our um, HLI Malawi and our affiliate. Um, his name is Father Zika Mankani. Mm-hmm. And he's a wonderful priest, wonderful man. Um, and every beginning of every term, he goes to these schools and he speaks. It's sort of his youth chastity program. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to schools and to the students throughout Malawi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just shares the gospel of life with him. Mm-hmm. And um, at this one school that he has been attending, um, going to the beginning of every term for, you know, a few years now, um, it's a government school. So they get both sides and they're blessed to have Father Zikamankani come in. Well, about about a month ago, um, International Planned Parenthood sent their Malawi branch in to speak to the children um, about contraceptives, about condoms, about um, uh, pro-abortion, all the all the um, anti-life issues. And when they came in and they they had a big box of condoms and a big box of contraceptives and they came in, they started speaking to the children. And the children instantly knew that this is untrue, that this is wrong. And they actually physically chased <laughs> them out of 
of the school. They chased him out of the school. They weren't having anything of it. Um, you know, average age, about 15 year olds. Yeah. And then they took the boxes and they set him on fire. I mean, it was a really clear message. Like, we're not having it. And it's remarkable. It's great. I love how everyone's been reacting. I guess it wasn't the Babylon Bee. It was not the Bee, which is the true story that picked the true news stories that picked it up. But yes. like live action had something on it. I think EWTN was going to have something. And I just That's like right. Lifeside News. Life, yeah. I've just been reading the different comments and seeing people reacting to it. And everyone just thinks it's the most hilarious story ever. And yeah, I I remember you sent it to us and I sat there in my office and I was like, this is fantastic. And then there was another part of the story, which was that after we started doing chastity education at mm -hmm. that school, I don't know when, do you know when we started going there? I mean, it was, it's been a few years. Okay. Or yeah. A couple of years. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the teen pregnancies stopped. Yeah. And that's what the headmaster told Father Z that, yeah, as soon as you started doing this abstinence only chastity education, we haven't had any more teen pregnancies. That's right. I and mean, that's incredible. It is incredible. And I think it speaks to the human condition, too, that we are, you know, with all our wounds and so forth, we are also, we recognize truth and we want truth. And these kids recognize truth and they want truth and they're drawn to it. Why do you think it resonated so much with the kids, that message of chastity? Why do you think that they were so, like, empowered by that, that they chased off Planned Parenthood? Well, I think chastity is empowering in and of its very self. And, and when you educate the children that way, look, this is, this is within your power. Mm -hmm. You're not giving something away. You, um, you, you have your, your, you respect your body. That's your power. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is empowering and, and they're able to be happier while being chased. But I think when you see truth and you know truth and you've embraced it, when something that's untrue, raises its head you want it gone mm -hmm. and we as adults would love to react that way else <laughs> all the time but you know there's propriety well they, they're kids <laughs> and so they they can react how they feel and i think that's exactly what they did mm -hmm. you know we know the truth and it's and it's good and we feel peace mm -hmm. with what they've learned and what you're saying is not the truth this get out and mm -hmm. they yeah it was just that external reaction that i think we'd all love to to have. So can you tell me a little bit more about our chastity programs then, especially the ones that Father Zeke McConney does? I know we do them in other countries as well, but let's start there because our listeners, if they have heard the story, we're kind of giving some backstory. This is what we're doing. This is the challenges we're facing. So what does our chastity education program that goes to these schools, what does it emphasize? What does it teach? Um, I, I, as far as emphasizing, I would say it emphasizes love. Um, but, you know, of course, it's age appropriate. So it's 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 going to be geared to to whatever age that they're they're speaking with, um, but a lot of it is really focused on each person's individual dignity, mm -hmm. and um, and what love is and what sex is for actually for, mm -hmm. and, um, and and just giving them the tools to be able to identify a healthy situation, mm -hmm. um, and a prudent situation, and one that maybe is not teaching them self control, mm -hmm. um, all these things, and the kids are are freed. They're freed from this burden that they're supposed to not be kids. They're supposed to be overly sexualized at an age when they just they just want to play soccer, you know. Well, it's interesting as I was looking on um, uh, the Family Planning Association in Malawi, which is Planned Parenthood's member association in Malawi, which is the organization that came in. That's right. And one of their things for like their targeted youth outreach programs is they're putting up these youth health centers and they're paying for volleyballs and netballs and chess and trying to make these centers where kids can hang out and i just think it's so interesting that they're like not able to reach children the way they want to so they're trying to make their health organizations be a fun place to hang out which is just so 
I don't know. It's just so it's such a weird concept that you have to like attract people to contraception and abortion with a lie. Like that's not what they're about. Right. It's a seduction. Yeah. Right. They're, they're sort of seducing them into a sense of comfort, a sense of trust mm-hmm. by being fun. I mean, we were talking the other day. I said it's it's essentially um, a larger version of the white van with puppies and candy in the back. <laughs> you know, you just kind of draw them in and then take their innocence from them. Yeah. Um, they're savvy. Yeah, they are. And they really, they were one of the things they were saying was they train like youth leaders because kids will listen to that stuff from other teens. Absolutely. They're not always going to listen to adults. And they have this whole strategic plan of how they're trying to reach the youth in Malawi, which I guess makes sense if you think about an organization trying to promote their wares, but it's really sickening when you realize what Planned Parenthood actually does. And it's also interesting because our chastity programs also focus on contraception, right? On talking about why it's not good, why it's bad, warning them about it, telling yes. them not to accept it. I know that's a b- other huge chunk Because of it. it's so prevalent. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, they have to talk about it. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily want to have to talk about all these things. But when your child is is facing it out in the world, mm-hmm. you have to. You have to arm them. So, um, but yes, and it's also a health issue. The side effects of these contraceptives mm-hmm. and especially on these young girls, you know, the, the IPPF wanting them on at 10 years old, some of them on mandatory contraception, you yeah. know, it's, they're growing, they're growing bodies, they're entering puberty. It's, it's really unhealthy mm-hmm. to be on these things. So yes, um, you know, father is very comprehensive in a very appropriate way. And, and also I think, um, at its core, letting these kids know that they're loved and they're good and, um, and, and they can be kids. And, and so, so giving them all the tools mm-hmm. um, to fight it, but also giving them all the tools to be happy. It was interesting because one of the comments on the Not the Be article was someone saying they didn't rec- realize that Planned Parenthood was in other countries. Mm. And I, it's, I, we've, we're having a, um, we have an ebook that we're working on on Planned Parenthood, and one section is on IPPF, the International Planned Parenthood Federation. And it's interesting because it was founded in 1952 officially. There was, in 1948, there was like an international committee formed, and then the name was changed. And it had eight countries originally. Now it's in 145 countries. Mm-hmm. And looking at, I was looking at their financial statements from 2019 earlier today, trying to work on this ebook and just get a feel for what kind of money is going to different places. And it is Ugh. crazy the millions of dollars that they're working with. And I know that the Family Planning Association of Malawi, they say in one of their brochures that their annual budget is $3 million. So they have $3 million to spend handing out free contraception, going to all sorts of rural towns all over Malawi, trying to push contraception and on comprehensive sex education on these, I mean, all ages, but especially targeted towards the youth. 100% it's the youth, yeah, right. And it was funny because it surprised me because on their website, they don't mention anything about abortion. And I was like, or they mentioned like post-abortion stuff and the fact that they're concerned about the number of abortions going on. And I was really confused by that at first because I associate Planned Parenthood and abortion. And I realized it's because abortion is illegal in Malawi, so they can't talk about it. But then when they said they were concerned about the number of abortions rising, it was all of the unsafe abortions Mm -hmm. because they're trying, they're saying, Hey, there's this problem of unsafe abortion. So we should legalize it. I believe is what I didn't read the whole article, but that's what I'm guessing. That's been a universal narrative. And that's, they're trying to do that right now. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating, um, because they are everywhere Mm -hmm. and they have bank, (laughs) you know, it's, what's our annual budget in Malawi? Uh, about eighty four hundred. <laughs> eighty four hundred versus three million. Yes. 
So it is a David and Goliath situation. Yes, it is. Uh, but that's all right. David won. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your question again? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it was the legalized abortion. Legal oh, right. abortion in Malawi and what's going on down there. Um, yes. So this is one of the – it's just fascinating because – and I think this was something that was shocking to me that I would not have known had I not worked for HLI, had I not been reading HLI's resources and um, the understanding that these countries, especially in Africa, but mm-hmm. in India and some countries in Latin America and the Pacific – they are pro-family, pro-life countries. Um, naturally, those—that's mm-hmm. their culture, and you know we wouldn't necessarily. I don't know how much you could say of that of America anymore, or mm-hmm. Europe, or Canada, um, but you can definitely say that of Africa. And I think we get into that mentality of like we're in America and we just assume all sorts of cultures are like America and that this is normal. And it's so hard to comprehend a culture where marriage and family is just like the best thing ever. I know. I know. And it's, yes, I, I think we do become very myopic in our view, or we think the other countries must be worse, Yeah, you know, and, and kind of having my eyes open um, to seeing how incredible, how they're still so in tune with natural law Yeah, um, and, and just this beautiful, healthy, incredibly intelligent way. Um, so what do you have? <laughs> the frustration for Planned Parenthood then is that they have a culture that's diametrically opposed to their agenda. Mm-hmm. And it drives them crazy. Now you would think, why do they care? Why are they trying so hard? But every year, over and over, they're coming in with abortion bills and trying to hit the parliament, that dumping their millions in, bribing some people there, um, and it's putting some more than just IPPF, right? Like there's other there's organizations other there's other organizations. Well. Yeah. There's Marie Stopes. There's the UN. There's mm-hmm. the EU. Everybody's yeah. got their fingers in these African these beautiful African countries mm-hmm. and determined um, to change their culture, determined to change their culture, to colonize them. Um, yeah. And, and Malawi and as many other African countries just keep saying no, and they keep pushing back and this is their country and this mm-hmm. is their culture. And they have made their voice so clear. We do not want this over and over and over. Even the parliamentarians have been very clear. And now with the bill coming in, um, that they've tried this year is they're bypassing parliament. Mm-hmm. They're bypassing the people and they're going for the courts. Which is what they did in America. Mm-hmm. I believe exactly what they did. Father Z had said that if it does go through the courts, the parliament then has to like reaffirm it, but they're still trying to bypass initially, trying to get it through the courts that way. That's right. How long have they been trying to legalize abortion um, in parliament in Malawi? I think it's it was back to 2016. Yeah, that sounds about right. I loved the story from last year. That's like one of my favorite. We get so many great stories from Father Zeke Makani. Like the story of the kids chasing off Planned Parenthood. And then there was one last year where they were trying to push the abortion bill through. And I believe he met with the um, chaplain for parliament and was like, hey, by the way, this is a really bad law. And the chaplain then met with all the Catholic, Catholic parliamentarians. And one of them stood up the next day in parliament. Let me find the, find the story here. Um, the following day, one of the parliamentarians stood up in the House and openly said, we have a lot of important bills to discuss in this House. We don't want to waste our time on issues that will not benefit our people. Without fear, he said, if someone tries to do so as Catholic lawmakers, we will boycott the seating. And I just love that, that the Catholics just stood up and they're like, we're going to walk out. Like, right. we're not going to support abortion. This is a waste of time. If you try to get this on the floor and try to waste our time with it, we're just leaving. Yep. It's so beautiful and it's so clear. And yet... 
the next year they come back again. And they try and, it. And well, they try it. Now again. they're trying it through and the courts. <laughs> so you cannot um, not look at this as a colonization. You, you, you have to see that they are trying, forcing these people to have a belief system, forcing a belief system and ideology on them that they don't want. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly if they tried that anywhere else or if it was the conservatives or um, pro-lifers trying that on a pro-abortion country, it would, I mean, we'd be, we'd be bigots, we'd be racist, mm-hmm. um, we'd be intolerant. Okay, so we do the chastity education in schools, which is helping students to embrace chastity, understand God's plan for marriage. What else does Father Zika McConaughey do? So one of the um, interesting things about Africa is radio and TV is hugely um, effective and influential, especially radio. Um, And so Father Zico Moncani for years has been um, having weekly radio shows. And I would say for the last couple of years, started with TV programs Mm -hmm. and, um, and he just speaks on what, whatever needs to be spoke on for whatever spectrum of the gospel of life. Mm -hmm. So if it's contraception, um, he speaks on that quite often, mm-hmm. uh, euthanasia, abortion, um, any of the gender ideology things. The upcoming he, bills, too, I believe. He absolutely speaks up the upcoming bills um, to inform the people, right? Mm-hmm. This is their right to know what's trying to be pushed through in their country. And um, and also a lot of times they're just using vague language like sexual and reproductive health instead of saying legalized abortion, legalized homosexuality. That's right. I mean, it's it's – they're so sly. So, um, which, which is one of the important things that HLI does throughout Africa, throughout the world, is when some of these things are presented, um, we have our our affiliates that are lawyers and um, and very involved, know how the governments work, are able to go through these bills mm-hmm. and break them down, and then go to the parliamentarians and say, because some of these bills are 200, 400 pages long, and nobody wants to read them. Um, so sometimes they'll, they could pass through things they don't really understand. They're like, oh, yes, we don't want um, violence to young women. Well, sure. No, I mean, of course. Mm-hmm. But they don't read um, all the all the words underneath. So when, when it's presented to them that, no, this is what this bill actually says, holy smokes, you know, the, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. And so Father Zika Mankani is able to do that through the radio so the people know. Mm-hmm. Um he also does some seminary training, um, which is awesome, which is amazing. Yep, and they they need to know they need all of this, um, and counseling, mm-hmm. um, and and as a priest, he's sort of automatically led into situations <laughs> of counseling. Yeah, but through his radio program and his TV program, he's also um, had excellent opportunities where people will hear what he has said. I'm struggling with that too. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they call the radio station or they'll call the TV station and he will go and he will meet them. He is so hands-on mm-hmm. travels all over Malawi and gets, um, and that's not easy. Traveling around Malawi is not easy. No, it's really not. And, and you know, whether he has car issues or he needs to take buses or places that you can only get to on a bike, um, you know, that's what HLI tries to do is to mm-hmm. give him the resources he needs to reach out to people that are calling him. And to schedule those programs on the radio and make sure that he can afford the air. Didn't one time they try to buy out the airtime? Was that him that Planned Parenthood tried to buy up all the airtimes that he couldn't actually air his programs? I don't know that story. Oh, it was one of our affiliates that at one point they tried to buy up all the airtimes. So they couldn't 
air. I don't remember. I think it was him, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, they do have to, I mean, most of his budget goes to paying for the airtime. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go to gas or to, to the basic things to be able to travel, to see mm -hmm. people, to get to the seminarians, to get to the schools, mm -hmm. um, or resources to give the children in the schools, pamphlets or things like that. Um, now in Malawi, it's, um, it's a little more doable, mm -hmm. but, um, Every program, every minute he's on there costs money. Yeah. Whereas in, in Zimbabwe, say 15 minutes cost, the last I heard was $1,500 for 15 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. Which is incredibly prohibitive. Um, so, so it's tough. Um, now, if we were IPPF. If we had our budget of $3 million. <laughs> that wouldn't be a country. problem. <laughs> that wouldn't be a problem. Um, so, yes, and, and he has some beautiful stories where, um, you know, women have called in. My marriage is falling apart. Um, I was on contraceptives. Um, I found out I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant now. My husband thinks I shouldn't be pregnant because I something I did something. And he's able to go there and he's able to reach out to these people and bring families back together. Mm -hmm. Or young couples whose parents are furious because she got pregnant. And he's able to go in there and reunite the family and strengthen the family um, and have them rally around each other. So it's it's not just, no, 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 you have to keep the baby. He has a pack of diapers. No, right? it's this very is, much healing. Oh, it, it is. It's 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 a community work. I loved the story we got last year. This was like around the time that I started working here, we got the story of this woman who was in this like rural mountain town in Malawi <laughs> that you can only get to by bike, which I'm assuming is also motorized bikes as well as bicycles. But Moped. she was on contraceptives. I believe it was, I'm not sure what type. It was hormonal contraceptives. I don't know what type. And it's just funny because I had this image in my head when I saw that you could only reach there by bike of just like that scene from The Wizard of Oz where the Wicked Witch of the West, or I think it's before she's the Wicked Witch of the West, it's the lady back in Kansas, but she's on her like bike and it's like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do with her criminal basket. And I was just picturing like Margaret Sanger on that bike with like the free condoms just like handing it out, biking to like these towns. There are similarities. There are physical similarities. No. <laughs> but anyway, this woman was on contraceptives and she started watching Father Z's television programs and she was like, wait a moment. I have those problems. Like I struggle with I don't remember what the actual health problems oh, were so at this the point. Joint issues or the or the <clears throat> menstrual issues and mm -hmm. all that that comes from all the physical these issues and stomach issues. Coming up, we're gonna have an episode on all the health impacts of hormonal birth control Excellent. coming up. <laughs> but she was sitting there and she's like, Wow, I struggle with those. And her marriage was, I think, on the rocks. And so she stopped using contraceptives and then she started telling her friends and she was like all these teachers at this one primary school all quit using contraceptives because they all realized that it was causing relationship issues and causing health issues. And then they started an outreach program where they're now going out to these other women and being like, hey, don't use these like avoid. We had all these problems. Don't use this. And it was we've never actually physically been to that village. Yeah. The only way we were able to get there was through television and now, because of that, we've changed this one woman's life. We've changed all of her coworkers' lives. And then now they're going out and helping other women. And just that beautiful embracing of truth when they hear it, but they need to be told, hey, this is actually really bad for your health. This is right. what's going on. Planned Parenthood was lying to you when they showed up on a bike in your town handing out condoms and contraceptives. That's right. And they have a – the Family Planning Association in Malawi has a free contraceptive program. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, and and with the work of Father Zico Mancani, they literally can't give it away. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had another story that it was another one of the schools where they'd shown up and the teenage girls were like, decided, hey, can we have a pro-life club at our school? And then they're like, by the way, we're not taking anything from Planned Parenthood. Like, they can't give it away here. Yeah. And 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 it's just because they're, they're, they're able to hear the truth. 
mm-hmm. um, because Zika, Father Zika Mankani and his work and his radio programs, they're hearing the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I, truth has power. Yeah. Um, so, so it's incredible. And, um, yes, I know that, um, Planned Parenthood in Malawi is very frustrated with Father Zika Mankani. <laughs> they called us out, I believe. Um, he sent us a story on one of their meetings. They were talking about how their like contraceptive programs aren't working because of us. And I think, I'm not sure if they named us by name or not, but they did. They did. Life Malawi. And that's okay. HLI Malawi. Okay. Um, and they absolutely did. They also, um, over a year ago called him to bribe him to get him to stop. Oh my gosh! I mean, what do you, I mean, they got three million dollars. So, <laughs> um, you know that he is very clearly, you know, enemy number one from them, and he's not <laughs> lying to these kids. He's not bullying anyone. He's not. Um, he doesn't have any candy that he's given out, anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's just telling the truth. Yeah, and and they don't know what to do with that. Um, nor do they know what to do with a man with the um, ethics to not be able to be bought. So it's really incredible. Yeah. Um, he truly lives um, what he preaches. That's that's so beautiful. We get so many great stories from him. It's so – I love – the more that I work here, the more stories that I read, the more that I learn about all this, the more I just realize, like, how vicious Planned Parenthood's work in other countries – I mean, it's bad in the United States, but just, like, I didn't realize how widespread it is, how much of a push there is to push these agendas on other countries that don't want them, but also the beauty of how great HLI's work is and – how much success we're able to have with the minuscule budget compared to Planned Parenthood's. I know it, it is remarkable. And our people work like father works so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's every day on, you know, $8,400 for the year. And this is what he does. Uh, it's remarkable. Does he raise money in Malawi too? Um, or is that, is the 8,400 like total or is that just the money that he gets in a grant? That's what he gets in the grant. Okay. Now, with this bill that he's been fighting right now, mm-hmm. there were some additional costs. Okay. Um, to be able to travel, to be able to buy signage for they put on a beautiful pro-life march. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. We were able to raise the funds to send him 3600 additional dollars. Okay. Which was great. And they looked at like, holy smokes, what we can do with this. It's like half of our budget for the year. I know. <laughs> An extra half. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we try, we try to ask our donors when we need those additional things. Um, because like I said, I mean, if he was, if we were able to raise his grant, he mm-hmm. would just go to more places Yeah, and he would more be schools, on the radio more. Have more school kids chasing out Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yep. He could have a larger team, you know, yeah. do more counseling, um, reunite more families. That, mm-hmm. That's what he would do. That's uh, the dream. Right. And he takes so little, almost nothing of it for himself. I thought it was interesting that the one school had the kids who wanted to start the youth club because the fact that we have pro-life youth clubs, I've seen it from other affiliates in Africa too, that they're trying to start these. They're training seminarians who then start these youth clubs in parishes. Mm -hmm. And at first I was just, I don't know, I picture like the American view of like kids sitting around eating pizza, talking about how great life is. (laughs) And like, that's great, but like how effective is it? But then I was reading Planned Parenthood and they basically do the opposite. They're starting youth clubs that are pro abortion, contraception, all of that. And so just realizing that this is a cultural phenomenon that the anti-life groups realize that starting youth clubs is a very effective way to influence people and that we're training seminarians and we're helping start pro-life youth clubs that are doing the opposite. And I don't still don't fully understand the extent of what goes on in those, but just realizing that it must be effective if Planned Parenthood's doing it. Yes. And the problem is, is Planned Parenthood has been doing this probably started back in the 60s. 
um, going into the schools. Mm-hmm. And at least um, in Malawi, it's sooner, but in other countries, in other countries, the, and, and it's like say, in, even in America, mm-hmm. um, and being allowed in, being allowed to have these conversations and these agendas and spread their ideology. Um, and they were, they were very wise. I mean, savvy, not wise. I want to give them that, but savvy. Um, to see that you go after the youth mm-hmm. and, and it's a long game and they waited and look where we are now. And so we just need to do the opposite, right? That's right. So we, that's what HLI is doing. We're, we're, we're in there and we're doing the counseling and we're taking care. We have the crisis pregnancy centers or the pregnancy care centers mm-hmm. and, um, and the NFP and um, we, we train the, but we train the seminarians. We, we train the youth. We, um, we expose them to, um, to the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a long game It is <laughs> for us too. So, you know, the culture has been um, not, obviously they're not, um, they haven't taken over Africa yet. Um, but say even in America, you know, it's, it's, it, maybe it'll take America another 60 years to go back to a culture of life mm-hmm. and a, a culture of um, family and the worth of every individual um, and dignity. Um, but it's something that we have to do and it's something that HLI does. Um, so. I love, I love the stories of the education programs when they're so successful. Like it's, mm. it's such an effective way to reach so many people mm-hmm. because we had one story from Nigeria where they had trained nurses and then this one nurse showed up at her friend's house and her friend had the abortion pill sitting there on a table and she's like, Hey, no, like was able to use all the skills that we'd given her in training to be able to counsel this woman and she ended up choosing life for her child. And so just realizing that when you train one individual, that tr- individual can go out and help so many people. And that that's really an effective grassroots way to be able to spread the culture of life, to help seminarians be able, when they become priests, to be able to educate, counsel couples, counsels, moms with crisis pregnancies, teach the youth, encourage them. And then on the flip side, you can train medical professionals and they'll be able to incorporate, like to not tell women to use contraceptives, not tell them to get abortions just how beautiful that is. And then training the youth and you end up with stories like this one where the kids are literally chasing plant parenthood out of their school saying, even if the teachers let them into the school, they're saying, no, we don't want you here. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's very much the the same um, idea as, as what the apostles did, right. You go Mm -hmm. out and spread the word. And I think that's, I I think that's another beautiful aspect of HLI, which is um, we're not just, and not that this is important, working with the individuals and saving that baby. That's mm-hmm. priceless. So I'm not undermining that at all. Mm-hmm. So, but we do that, but we also train people to go do that mm-hmm. as well. And you're right. And that's how it spreads. And you train, you tell students, you tell them the beauty of chastity, the beauty of waiting till marriage, then the beauty of welcoming children in marriage, which means that you're not having those teen pregnancies, which is eliminating the crisis pregnancies that are causing this in the first place. That's right. Because when you just tell kids to have sex and use condoms or use hormonal birth control, it's going to fail. There will be a crisis pregnancy and then Planned Parenthood swoops in and says, we'll offer an abortion. Right. Uh, But it's a death solution, right? We're just going to, well, let's, our solution is death. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes sense. When that is your circle, the solution is death. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and of course, what we're seeing, especially with Father Zika Mankani is, um, you know, Malawi's population is growing. Mm -hmm. Um, And unlike, especially throughout Europe, these countries are, are dying. They have an expiration date. They're not rip- more people are dying than are being mm-hmm. born. And when you when you step back, you think that the president of the country or the parliamentarians in these different countries would step back and say, "We now, as Germans or as French or whomever we are, we have an expiration date mm-hmm. because we're not replacing our society." 
Um, and eventually there'll be no, no, no more Germany. Whereas in Malawi, you know, they're growing and, and, um, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I absolutely loved So I was looking through, um, Planned Parenthood's like outline for sex ed, because apparently that's what, uh, the family planning association in Malawi, the ones who showed up at the school use. And it just, it cracked me up because one of their framework things says that abstinence only programs are ineffective. I'm just like, I wonder how ineffective they were when the students <laughs> were refusing to listen to this program. And we're like, no, we want to remain chaste. Leave our school. We don't want these condoms. We don't want this contraceptives. And they just torch it. That's right. And they've remained chaste. I think that's pretty darn effective. It seems very effective to me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. This has been great. Happy I to just be here. Yeah. I wanted our listeners to be able to hear the broader context of the story, hear the great work we're doing and just we, we get so many great stories from Father Z and from all of our affiliates. And thank you to all of our donors who donate. You are doing such a great work all over the world. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining with us to be able to accomplish these great things. And thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. I love hearing you talk about affiliates. You just you light up and you just love the mission so much. And it's so apparent. Wow. It's easy. <laughs> Thank you. And to all of our listeners, please like, subscribe, um, check out the new ebooks we have coming up. When we release the Plant Parenthood one, I will put it in the description so you can get it there. And in the meantime, check out our other ebooks and keep on living the culture of life. God bless.